Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett. And folks, you know, I want to you know, kind of frame a little bit here the conversation that you are about to be party to. Um, yeah, the, uh, the guest that I have today is uh, Amanda Holmes. Now, you may or may not know Amanda, uh, but I got a hunch that if you go back into the memory archives, you're going to be familiar with another name, Chet Holmes. Uh, Chet was probably one of the most uh, prolific and successful um, teachers of sales uh, on the planet uh, during his tenure. He, he, he passed roughly about 10 years ago. And uh, Amanda you know, stepped in and has taken over, and she was 24 years old when she did this. She stepped in and has taken over uh, what was her father's organization, and she's actually grown it significantly, which is a testament to what she has learned in her father's footsteps, but more importantly, what she's been able to integrate and develop on her own, because she's doing some very interesting things. And you know, prior to us going live here, she and I were just having a, a little bit of a conversation about the nature of the soul of business and perhaps even the nature of the soul of selling, the soul of sales. So uh, I think you're going to be interested in this whole conversation because it truly does strike to the the absolute core of what does it mean to live and express from the soul of your business. So Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's so I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> well, it's a, absolutely a treat for me to be uh, hosting you today. Um, just real quickly here, I'm going to just start with a classic question. Those listeners have, have heard me ask this before. You know, when you hear the phrase, the soul of business, you know, which for many people is almost an oxymoron, kind of like compassionate capitalism is an oxymoron, but the soul of business, what does that bring up for you? Oh, it sounds like right in alignment with the, the journey that I've been on. Um, you know, when I, when my father passed, there was no succession plan for me to step in and one day I'm a singer songwriter. The next day I have hundreds of staff, all double, if not triple my age. And I'd never known what the businesses were or how they ran. And it truly, I study under an Indian saint. Um, her name is Sarva Lokama. Her holiness, she, 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 1008 Guruji But for sure. <laughs> that's Guruji. a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it means divine mother to all. It's a very high honor, uh, her name. And uh over the last decade, I've studied this, this journey of understanding soul or connecting to your higher self or really breaking through the limiting beliefs that we have amidst ourselves or in society that stop us from achieving our true potential. So when I had no other roadmap but to just guess, uh, it was actually my guru that just kept saying, you know, connect 
to your soul, right? To ask for the questions within, grab as much information as you can, but that discernment comes from within you. So really my connection to my soul is the only reason why the company is here today. And I have to thank my guru for the mental pieces of that to help get me into alignment. And then I also thank my father who had the business acumen to say, these are the steps you need to take to work smarter. So between the two, I think I am a living embodiment of soul and sales because I wouldn't be able to do it any other way. I, I love that story. I absolutely love that story. The resonance of you know, be, becoming quiet so can I, that I can literally hear the voice of wisdom because that voice, that voice has never failed me. Uh, the only time it's failed me is when there's too much noise in my head and I'm not finding a way to turn it off. And being able to bring that up to the forefront so that it can actually be le leveraged and actioned. In the context of a business, now you, you know, you've, your dad had the business acumen to set things up and you have the wisdom uh, to associate yourself in a way that you learned how to bring that voice you know, into light. How did you manage the transition between that personal evolution of listening to the voice was to have, you know, like you said, a staff that was two to three times older than you, yet that had long tenure, that were used to doing things in a very specific kind of certain way that it'd be kind of, kind of habitual processes were in place. How did you bring it to the point? Because I know that you did this. How did you bring it to the point where you were able to tap into the soul of that business so that it could have a, 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 a reincarnation, literally? Yeah. <laughs> I love your word choices here. It's so much fun. Uh, it's not your typical podcast. So I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, yeah. So the first two years I looked to hire different C-suites. I hired three different CEOs, CMO, a CTO, um, just trying to fill the void of my father being gone. And me and my father were very close. I was born on his birthday, actually. So we really? shared February 13th. It was as if it was cosmic or kismet that, uh, you know, we would just be so, so unbelievably close. So losing him just felt like, you know, the wind within my lungs had just evaporated and I, I couldn't, I actually had, um, I would have perpetual panic attacks. Like I, nobody talks about this, like micro, it was as if I could never catch my breath because it was perpetually firing off these like feelings of anxiety. And, um, and even my father battled in the hospital for a year and a half before he passed with cancer. And that, that was so many different experiences to watch somebody that you love realize their own mortality. So I had nightmares for several years of his face in the hospital and just, yeah, it was not an easy route. It, uh, no. uh, I used to, to try and stop myself from, seeing the nightmares, I would get in my car and I'd drive around LA and uh, you might know the PCH, you know the PCH? Oh, I know the PCH very, very well. Okay. So that was my favorite place to drive. So I drive up and down the PCH and I pull off to the side of the road and I could sleep as long about an hour and a half until my legs would start to tingle because my feet would fall asleep because the way that the chair was in my car. So my, I would be woken up by the needles of my, of my feet falling asleep. And, but that would give me an hour and a half sleep, but not enough sleep to have the nightmares. I mean, it, it was, it was rough. Um, yeah. And my guru kept telling me, you know, you can step in as CEO, you can do this. And I look at her like, 
absolutely not. <laughs> One, how could I even fathom that I was a singer, right? Two, uh, why would I ever want to? My father buried himself in early grave. He died at 55. Yeah. Why, taking on that role is as if I'm just sitting in the grave right next to him, right? And I know that I'm very much my father's daughter, you know, my father's daughter. So, um, and she just kept telling me that, that you could do it a different way. There's mm -hmm. a different approach that you can take. And um, yeah, so then I stepped in. It's been eight years now I've been CEO. So in the first year, we increased our marketing reach by 1,176% and yeah. doubled coaching clients multiple years. And we've grown double digits over this time. So it's been an amazing run. Absolutely. And with the new edition of my father's book coming out, which I've spent the last four years working on, uh, it's, a, it's a piece of my soul. It's a piece of my heart. Well, let's, let's talk about that. But, well, there's two things. I mean, there's more than two things. About 17 things pop into my head as we're talking here. Um, but I do want to touch on the book, you know, the, this revised and updated version that's coming out. Um, but the idea of you know, that journey for you, um, being able to utilize that, you know, I mean, the, the dark night of the soul sort of a thing. Um, it's, it's actually the dark night of the ego. I, I, I truly believe it's it's more about the dark, you know, the 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 soul being able to be welcomed into light. It's not the dark night of the soul. It's the dark night of the ego. Put the ego to sleep and let the soul speak. And yeah. you've got an opportunity to do some very interesting things at that point in time. And I love the way that you described this about just you know driving up and down PCH, not to run away from anything, but just to kind of be with it in a way that worked for you. Now that's my assessment of what it was that I heard you saying. Yeah. And when my wife died. 12 years ago of cancer. Uh, yeah, I was working with Michael Singer, some, some, some of the work that Michael Singer mm. had done, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the untethered soul and uh, the, the, you know, that whole conversation. And the idea of not running away, but actually turning into, you know, facing, blending with it, letting it you know, just kind of be with me for a while. It, yeah, it allowed me to hear the voice, but it also allowed me to handle the grieving, the natural piece of grieving that kind of came with that sense of loss. And what was interesting for you, that loss of identity. Yeah, that, yeah now there's a new, new identity being born. So there is a question embedded here. Okay. The identity of the company, I have to guess, has transformed in some way, shape or form, particularly you know, when you stepped in fully as CEO eight years ago. Would yeah, that be it, a fair assessment? And if it is a fair assessment, what, what would you say it's transformed into? And this leads us to the book. <laughs> By the way, there is a trajectory here. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm enjoying the process, the journey. Um, I, when I first stepped in, it was really, I'm honoring my father's legacy, but I have to acknowledge that if I'm going to step in, it needs to be my company. How would mm. I run the company? What would make sense for the way that I live my life. And so I am a millennial, whereas my father was a baby boomer. So I gravitated more towards automations and online digital marketing techniques. And so I took our call center, instead of having a call center, I now ran one-to-many webinars and would have like 
500 CEOs on a call. And here I am, 26, all pepper, you know, this is how you double your sales. <laughs> so I, can't, I still can't believe that I did that. I look back and go, oh my God, what was I thinking? But my father had the script. It was all there. It just needed little, the, the strategies are timeless, which is the tactics that change. So how we delivered that message used to be in a one-to-one -one conversation or in a group of 12. And then I made it to many people. And now we have automated videos that take them through the suit. So I had to acknowledge that for me to step in, it needed to become my own. And I honor my father and the things that did that he did great. And then I also recognize that I am a different human being. And for me to take full ownership of it, I needed to adopt and, and adapt what I would want to see in an organization. So first I rebuilt the marketing and sales channel because uh, we were mostly run by radio ads. Everything in the organization was run by radio ads and live events and not having my father speaking on stage. I mean, we had other people that spoke, but not as much as my father did. And radio was dying on the vine at that point. Yeah. And we really had to innovate and we didn't really have an answer. Nobody had an answer for how to innovate because my father was the innovator in the company. So I came in and said, okay, well, I understand my father's concepts. I understood them from just being in proximity to him my whole life, right? Like mm -hmm. hearing how he talked to people, he would give advice to the teller at the CVS about how to assist them with their sales. Or, you know, if we were eating at a restaurant, he'd tell them how to, so I didn't know any other kind of business, but what he lived and breathed. So to me, it made sense that this is how you would do it. And since I grew up in a different generation, there were different ways of deploying what he did for faxing and direct mail and cold calling. I did an Instagram DMs and, you know, a Periscope live videos and, you know, uh, Facebook lives and all of this. So it's still similar. It's just tactical differences, but it, I would have to say, I'm sorry, I've gone around the bout to answer your question, but um, <laughs> it's, it's only until recently, I'd say in the last um, two years, really, that it has bloomed into a business where I'd say it's more of a demonstration of my soul than even my father's. And now there's still the concepts that he taught. It's just um, well, this ties into the book as well. It's it's where it's the come from. It's the intention behind it. And um, I've really rebuilt a lot of our products and services and trainings and boot camps and now the book all to reflect my belief system around business, which is based on my father's methodologies just for a different generation, I guess. That's, you know, that, that again, that, that journey. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, and the way I you know, in the work with clients that I you know, engage with, the way that we've ended up uh, defining you know, sustainable success, which is oftentimes the holy grail. Yeah, it's kind of like, how do I sustain success? It's not about getting a, a magic uh, uh, cookie cutter out and just kind of you know, mm -hmm. making it happen. There's, there's no secret sauce, but what there is, is, is and this is what you just described person, uh, uh, perfectly, developing the capacity to continuously start over. If I've got that developed as, as part of the cultural you know, body of the organization, it gives people permission to invent, to create, to explore, to experiment. And I got a hunch that a lot of that was going on uh, in the last eight years, a lot of experimentation. Let's try this. Let's do that. And, um, and what kept it anchored? What would you say kept that process anchored so that people were willing to continue to play? 
Uh, I mean, I'm big on it. So I have a whole market data firm within my organization, but I'm big on data. So for instance, I built, a, once I finished the book, then I went and created boot camps uh, because 94% of people that purchase the course online never finish it. 94%. Yep. 4% finish it. And that's that not, not even counting results. Statistic. Yeah, yeah. That's not even counting results. They're just tracking if you freaking finish the thing, let alone knowing the results. So I said, okay, I'm going to rebuild what my father created 30 years ago, but what it looks like for somebody that has the internet, right? I mean, when my father first originated everything, it was when websites was two words. Right? <laughs> websites <laughs> has become one word now, okay? But uh, <laughs> it's crazy, it's crazy. So um, so I recently built these boot camps, and in the last year we've run pilots, uh, pilots of them, and it's been a great success. So, thirty-two percent of the people, the businesses that went through in the first thirty days generated leads. Uh, sorry, thirty-two percent generated sales, forty percent generated leads, and these are people that a lot of the time are B two B selling, so their sales cycle is much longer than thirty yeah. days, right? but I'm tracking results. I'm not tracking completion rate. So we're at 10 X what the normal industry is just right. And it's building upon everything that we have online in the marketplace today. So it's one thing for me to say all to, to all my coaches, okay, I've built new training programs. I've recorded them into an LMS. You can go watch it or come in live with me in a boot camp. I'm going to do a pilot with you know, another 30 to 50 businesses from around the world. Let's see what results they get. And we're seeing real time. One of the clients that went through that generated $8.4 million two weeks after the boot camp. It was absurd. Talk about proof of concept. So I'm very big about data. I'm very big about, you know, I mean, that's one thing that's different between I used to be a singer. I would sing and some people like it and some people don't, but there's no real ever measure of success other than maybe you know, albums sold, which today everyone just streams them. So I guess it's how many views you get on a video, but in sales, I can track, okay, I generated this many leads. It's this percent increase since the last 30 days to six months, year over year, right? This is how many sales. So there's a quantifiable concrete, yes, you have succeeded because of these numbers. So that's one thing that I appreciate from being an artist to now business. The, that whole idea of being an artist that's essentially what you're doing as a business leader. It, it's a business is not just a science. I mean, there's a science to it, but there's the art that actually gets the point where you leverage the soul of the business. That's yeah. The idea of beauty. Um, uh, beauty is the apprehension of the soul of the object. When you can see the soul of the object, yeah, that's art. That's beauty. That's the yeah. It's there. So I'm. We're going to take a real quick break right now. When we come back, I want to go back into the uh, back into. We haven't actually gotten into it yet, but the, the revised uh, and updated version of your book. And I want you to think about you know the, the idea that uh, you said you used to be a singer. I think you used to sing. You're still a singer, mm -hmm. and I'd like to be able to, to you know, say. Would you sing something for us? Uh, <laughs> so we'll I can. Take a, okay, we will take a real quick break. And when we come back in, uh, we're speaking right now with Amanda Holmes, or I'm speaking with Amanda Holmes, you're listening to her. Um, and when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. So folks, stay tuned. I want to thank you for listening. 
Um, I want to also invite you right now to go to blainebartlett.com. And on that site, which is my personal website, you'll see uh, services up on the top menu. I'd like you to click on Leadership Mastermind. Now, why I want you to do that is we have uh, structured a mastermind program that is very unusual and it is very powerful. And by going onto that site and clicking that link, you'll be taken to a landing page that is an invitation to join this mastermind. It's a 52 week long exploration of what it takes to be a highly effective leader in today's fast changing environment. You won't regret it. And if you've been liking what you've been listening to on these Soul of Business podcasts, how does one become a leader that can keep connection to the soul of business? That's what we look at. That's what we're about in this mastermind program. So again, go to blainebartlett.com and click on the services link. And there you'll find the link to the Leadership Mastermind program. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this little commercial. And now back to our show. Welcome back. You're listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am, like I said, your host, Blaine Bartlett. Um, speaking today on this episode with Amanda Holmes. And you know, Amanda, your dad you know, ran this business for 30 some plus years. You took it over uh, 10 years ago. Eight years, you've been making your mark on it. And part of that, you know, like you said, the last four years, you've been working on revising and updating his classic book, you know, The Ultimate Sales Machine. And you've put your own twist on this. And, and prior to us coming on live, um, you had said something that I was fascinated by. Um, yeah, he, you, you came across something about how to live a rich and full life, which you said was the encore that your dad never got, you know, got to give. And you've incorporated that into, into the book. So I, I'm just going to start with that as, as kind of a preamble to how is this revised and updated version actually not only your dad's book, but now your book as well. So uh, I'll backtrack it for a moment. So um, one of the reasons why I started and did this work is because when my father was battling, there was this moment where I'll never forget it. So he went through the bone marrow transplant and he was quarantined for two months in a very small room on the cancer floor at Cedar sinai And I walked in the door because he never spent a night alone. He spent 352 nights there. And every night was either me, my mom, or my brother. We would do these all-nighters with him. And I walk in for my shift and see my father there. And he looks very, uh, was looking out into the distance. And I just asked him, what's going on? And he says, for all the wealth that I've amassed, nothing can buy my way out of this hospital room. And uh, yeah, I, it, that moment just changed me forever. And I spent the rest of the 10 years since then really digging deep into what's the purpose for us being here and why am I here? What, what, why are we on this earth? And uh, I was lucky enough to have a, a wonderful teacher that has guided me through this process. But after all of these things that I learned from her and, you know, being able to save the business and carrying it on there, I wanted to share those lessons that I had learned really about the soul and of our soul and that connection 
And I knew that the new uh, penguin kept asking me for a new edition of the book. And I kept saying no for years and years and years. Like, how could I ever touch that? I mean, our clients call it the red Bible because mm -hmm. second to the Bible, they read this the most. I mean, it's like they, they love it. And when I asked them, when I finally said, yes, I'll, I'll update the book. Uh, I said, what do you want to see changed? And they said, nothing. It's perfect. <laughs> so you can imagine. It had been written 15 years prior. Like, come on, we know. We know there's some things that need updating. But um, that was really my why behind it is this wanting to bridge the gap between what business is and what we should really be thinking about, which is fulfillment and abundance and what success really means. So right before the manuscript was due, I was juggling through my father's old emails. And I, that's how I figured out about my father's business. It was the only way, cause I never got to ask him questions about the business. So I would go into his emails and read his old emails. And I found this email that he wrote to a dear friend where he said that he generated more wealth in six months than he had in the previous eight years combined. So when I found that, I went, that's gotta be in the book. And then it took me another two years after that to write the final chapter. And I've written over a hundred versions of that final chapter, how to live wow. a rich and full life. And uh, so that's going into the book, like you said, the encore that he never got to give. That is, I've got chills just listening to that story. What's, okay, where do I want to go with this? There's, there's a thing that you're doing that I think is fascinating and it's, um, Again, I, I keep referencing the conversation that we had prior to going live. I should probably just yeah. bring that conversation into the podcast. Okay. <laughs> I'll just start However at the beginning. Like. Yeah, uh -huh. we'll just kind of do, you know, here's the outtake. Um, but the idea that the purpose of business is to enhance the experience of being alive on the planet. And if you're doing that, well, you got a pretty good shot at being successful. Um, the idea that if I do that well, it's a healthy way to run business. And I cannot tell you the number of clients I've had in the last 40 years that have PTSD as a consequence of being in the C-suite uh, or just being in the organization, you know, whatever Absolutely. the organization is. My take on what you're doing right now is you're approaching this with a perspective of how can I do this with health and well-being in mind, not just the metrics of traditional success. Absolutely. How is yeah? How is that actually showing up in the way that you're running the business with the you know, the culture? Because I imagine there's a bit of a shift there. Um, so what what are you seeing, and how are how are how are your people quote unquote your people uh, responding to this? That's been the last two years. Is and I've had a really wonderful uh, business coach too. His name is Jerry McNamara. That's helped guide me because I inherited a company of cowboys, yeah. and when the sheriff left, the cowboys attacked. It was the wild west. I mean, it didn't matter. You get shot dead, and it didn't matter how long you'd known them, how many Christmases they'd been at your family. It just it was war, and uh, so I know what it's like to have a very toxic work environment. For me, it was toxic. I don't know if it was always that way, but people got brutal after my father left and I really had to protect me and my mother um, a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and I actually took two years where I just said, you know, after everything kind of balanced out and it seemed the business was okay going through the tumultuous times, I just said, I, I need a reset. 
I, I don't believe in people anymore. I've lost faith in humanity because of how brutal it was. And for two years, I talked to more plants than I did people. <laughs> I, spent my, I spent my time in a community garden in Florida in a healing center, my, my guru's ashram. It's called Divine Bliss International. And uh, yeah, I just healed from the inside. The, she says that the fastest way to heal your mind and body is to get connected to mother nature and earth and nature. So that's what I did. I didn't eat anything from outside. I only ate what I grew in the garden for months and just healed. And uh, then when I kind of emerged again, I thought, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this right. I want it to be, I, I want it to live within my core values. And my coach had walked me through this process of coming up with your picking a word and then building out your core value from it. And after I finished the exercise, I said, you know, Jerry, I don't think that this made sense, this exercise, because you would look at this and go, there's no way that that's a sales and marketing training company <laughs> because my, my core values are like um, beauty, to see beauty everywhere we go. Um, or create more beauty from where it was left. Um, grace to follow my true self uh, to places that hustling never could. Um, you know, like these these um, lead by example to create a song that inspires others to join in to create that symphony. Um, you know, like um, and it's been an interesting way to discern who would be in my. Uh, organization because we're growing rather rapidly. We're up about 379% in revenue from last year. And um, when everyone else is having a hard time, you know, 80% of businesses had less revenue last year than they did the year prior. And that's, that's post COVID, right? We're supposedly post COVID and yet yeah, people yeah. are just, we're back to normal. You know, the disruption, the disruption it caused was insane, but, but we've been seeing growth. And uh, so I've been having to hire a lot more people into my organization. And it's so very clear. I'm now hiring based on core values. Uh, first, if they don't follow my core values, you know, I've shared with them some of the, cause I have it all planned out for the next decade and beyond where we're going. And, you know, I haven't revealed it to the masses yet, but this book is only just the start. And, um, and when they say, oh, you can't do that, you know, you can't lead with the soul of sales. That just doesn't make sense. People won't want to hear that. And, I, I will prove you wrong because I started the book with a letter to my father called Dear Dad. No, I, I don't think many sales books are starting with a vulnerable, just come, you know, it is a very vulnerable step. And I am partially terrified for people to read it. But I know from the feedback that I've gotten so far that I'm making grown men cry. And I <laughs> that must mean something. <laughs> so. We connect best through vulnerability. That's the, that's, you, you, you cannot connect to soul unless you're open. There's just no way possible for that to happen. There has to be an opening. Yeah. I mean, uh, Leonard Cohen, it's in, the, it's in the cracks that the light appears. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. that, that whole metaphor, you know, I, I'm struck by your journey again. Uh, and it's proof of concept for me. My last Ted talk was, um, you know, nature is the ultimate business guru. And mm -hmm. if, if you aren't paying attention to nature, you're not going to thrive because nature doesn't focus on survival. It focuses on thriving and everything mm -hmm. in nature is a center of distribution, not a center of accumulation. 
And that, that whole flow through is just magical. It, it truly is. Where can people find out more about what you're up to, about your company? Uh, where can we get a copy of the revised and updated 2022 version of <laughs> the Ultimate Sales Machine? Absolutely. Yes. Um, so right now, the only place that the new edition is available is at ultimatesalesmachine.com. So people can get their copy there. And there's lots of wonderful bonuses we add so that you don't go to the Amazon instead, come over to us. Yeah. So ultimatesalesmachine.com. We also provide um, a complimentary training that if you answer five questions about what's going on in your business, we'll be able to give you the biggest reasons what's holding you back from doubling your sales this year. And it'll just, depending on how you answer, it gives you your training that is uh, associated with where you are at. Because we have a lot of different companies from a lot of different spaces. We've worked with 85 of the Fortune 500, but we've also worked with a quarter of a million businesses. And that's from startup all the way to that. So um, yeah, we, we do that. You can find that at howtodoublesales.com. Okay, I'll be sure both of those sites are in the in the show notes, so people Thanks. won't have to go searching for it. Okay, Wonderful. so folks, you've been listening to Amanda Holmes, um, CEO and uh, the standard bearer for uh, the Chet Holmes Company. Um, and Amanda, I cannot tell you how 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 much of a treat this conversation has been. It's everything I would have imagined it would have been and more. So I want to thank you for your vulnerability, for your candor. And just mostly just for how you show up. It's it's absolutely refreshing. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's such a joy. I don't normally get to do interviews like this. So it's a it's a gem for me. Thank you, Blaine. <laughs> Great. Folks, you've been listening to The Solar Business of Blaine Bartlett. Tune in um, in the next episode. I'm not sure who we're going to have, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be a treat. <laughs> okay. And you can find out more about what I'm up to at blainebartlett.com. And don't hesitate to nose around. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of good stuff there. Okay. We'll see you on the next episode. As you go out into your day, set yourself up to be that center of distribution. Don't worry about being a center of accumulation. Life will work out a whole lot better for you. Take care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.